no reason to feel deprived. You're not making a sacrifice as you're not giving up a genuine pleasure or crutch. The willpower method creates the illusion that smoking is hard to kick, and nobody does more to spread this illusion than ex-smokers who've quit by the willpower method and spend the rest of their lives having to resist temptation. There are two types, the holier-than-thous, HTTs, and the whingers. Both like nothing better than to keep smokers in the trap. Holier-than-thous HTTs are easy to spot. They're the ones who, the minute they've extinguished what they hope will be their final cigarette, put up no smoking signs in their homes, cars, and offices. They invite smokers to their homes just so they can forbid them to smoke and gloat. HTTs are never slow to remind you that smoking ruins your health and costs you a fortune, and that they find it incomprehensible that an intelligent person like you finds it necessary to put those filthy things into your mouth repeatedly and set light to them. They appear to have forgotten that they did exactly the same thing for years. In fact, ex-smokers who've quit on willpower are far more ferocious in their attacks on smoking than people who have never smoked. Here's why. Because beneath all the bluster, they've never quite overcome their addiction. The problem is, they still believe they've made a genuine sacrifice. HTTs have a negative effect on smokers who become so preoccupied with resisting the bullying that they lose sight of the real enemy. However, the worst thing is that they reinforce the misconception. Once a smoker, always a smoker. You might stop smoking, but you can never be completely free. Smokers rightly suspect that HTTs are only so antagonistic because they still crave cigarettes. Their suspicions are confirmed by the whingers. Whingers The whingers are those ex-smokers who, the second you finished wishing all your friends a happy new year and chucked your last cigarette packet into the fire with a wonderful feeling of having finally exercised an evil spirit from your body, will shake you by the hand, wish you success, tell you how much healthier and wealthier you'll be, assure you that you've made the right decision and will never regret it, and then go on about how they quit years ago but still miss it terribly at times like this. The effect is devastating. You burn your fingers trying to rescue the packet from the flames, and while everybody else is still busy celebrating, you're sneaking off in search of cigarettes, assuring anyone who notices that what you meant was that you would stop in the morning. If you've tried to quit by using willpower, you'll know the enormous feeling of relief when you finally give in. But can you remember ever thinking, Great, I'm a smoker again. This cigarette tastes absolutely gorgeous. On the contrary, the relief is always tempered by a feeling of failure and foreboding, and the first cigarette is always a disappointment, tasting rather like the first ever cigarette you smoked, disgusting. I've no doubt that if you've waited years for a cigarette, the relief would be immense, but not the taste or the burning sensation. Don't believe anyone who has recently capitulated after trying to quit if they tell you how great that first cigarette tasted. All drug addicts are liars. Happy non-smokers You will shortly be a non-smoker. You may fear never getting completely free from your addiction and becoming an HTT or a whinger. Let me reassure you, there's nothing to fear. 
all around you there are happy non-smokers. Thanks to Alan Carr's easy way, there are millions more than there might have been. You just tend not to notice them, as they don't need to make an issue of it. It only dawned on me after I had stopped that I never asked ex-smokers whether they still missed cigarettes. This was because, whatever the answer was, I didn't want to hear it. If they did, it would confirm my belief that you could never be completely free, so I was doomed. If they didn't, it meant you could get free, and I would have to go through those months or even years of tortuous withdrawal pangs again. This is a typical example of the way in which the tug-of-war of fear makes smokers close their minds. I once knew a bloke called Patrick, a giant of a man, good-natured and, as the name perhaps suggests, an Irishman. We would meet once a year with mutual friends at Goodwood Racecourse.